This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers. This is episode number 69. We're looking at Jonah 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. Yes, three verses this time. I always find it interesting as I get on Facebook, Twitter, read the news, interact with people in my work, in my neighborhood, some of my friends, uh, that uh, when non-Christians challenge and question some of us Christians on our behavior... (laughs) I often find that non-Christians often have a better sense of justice, uh, maybe even a better understanding of right and wrong than we Christians do. You ever notice that? Uh, You know, we're we're often to blame for that, I suppose, but uh, sometimes then when we try to answer their questions, answers we give, they're just flat out wrong. (laughs) Anyway, that's what we're going to see today and next week, sort of a two-part podcast episodes. We're going to be looking today and next week at verses uh, 6 through 11 of Jonah 1. And today we're just going to get look at some of the questions that Jonah gets asked. And then next week how he answers those questions. And in both cases though, we're going to see that uh, the sailors on board the ship, they reveal a better understanding of God, of life, of justice, of right and wrong, than Jonah reveals. So uh, today we're just looking at the questions though, uh, in verses 6 through 8, that the sailors asked Jonah. Now, before we get to that, though, do you like learning about Scripture and theology through this podcast? Do you like learning this way? Uh, If so, then you will also love taking my online courses. Uh, They are audio-based courses. We look at uh, primarily theological topics, but in the process, we're looking at various passages of Scripture to help you understand them more deeply uh, in, in what they're saying. And every lesson contains an audio download, audio lesson download, and you can download it to your iPod or your smartphone or just your computer, listen to it whenever or wherever you're going. Uh, Also, though, if you really like reading, then there is a manuscript download as well of what I taught. So you can download that, print it off, save it to your computer, whatever, read it for later. Right now I have two courses, one on the church, one on the gospel which are two of the most important issues related to following Jesus, right? Anyway, to learn more and to get started, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Uh, Really, if you like learning through this podcast, you will love learning in those online courses as well. I cannot wait to see you there. Stick around and we will begin our study of Jonah 1.6 in just a few seconds. Okay, so we're in Jonah 1, and so far in this chapter, Jonah has placed his own life in danger by sort of going the opposite direction from what God told him to do. And as a result of placing his own life in danger, Jonah has threatened the life of everybody on board the ship as well. So uh, this big storm has come, and in verses 6 through 11, the sailors sort of play this game of 20 questions with Jonah. And the answers that Jonah provides, well, they're surprising and shocking. 
And I can't cover verses, all of these verses, 6 through 11, in one episode. So we're going to do a two-episode, sort of part one, part two, uh, where today we look at the questions that they ask, most of them anyway. And then next week, in verses 9 through 11, we will look at how Jonah answers them. So make sure you listen to both this week's and next week's episode, episode 69 and 70. So in verse 6, it sort of picks up with Jonah. Remember, he is down in the cargo hold of this ship. He, he went down there when they left uh, Joppa and headed to Tarshish. He went down there and fell asleep. And the storm came up while Jonah was asleep down there. And so the sailors are up above deck. And they are doing a couple different things to try to save their lives. They are praying, crying out to their gods. And they are also throwing all their cargo overboard. While all this is happening, Jonah is sound asleep down below. So probably what happened is that as the sailors were throwing their cargo overboard, some of them went downstairs to get cargo and found Jonah sleeping there. So they went and report this to the captain. There's this guy, that, that guy we picked up uh, in Joppa who paid his fare. He's down there asleep. So this, the captain, <laughs> he goes down there to find out what's going on. And that's where we pick up in verse 6. It says, The captain went down to him and uh, wanted to find out, you know, how, how Jonah could fall asleep in such a storm. You know, his question really is, you know, amazement. How can you possibly sleep? You know, what do you mean, you sleeper? What's going on? How can you sleep in a storm? What's the matter with you? That's what the uh, captain's asking. And, and really, the captain's trying to spur Jonah to action, right? He, he says to Jonah, rise up, right? Cry out to your God. and Do some praying, something. Come on, help us out here. And, and the call of the captain to cry out to his God, you, you really should remember it. It sort of echoes what God told Jonah to do, to go and cry out against Nineveh. All right, that's back from verse 2. So there's just sort of an echo here. So this, this, this invitation of the captain to cry out to his God is supposed to remind us that God told Jonah to cry out to Nineveh. All right, and, and so that then reminds us that Jonah's doing the exact opposite. He is not going to cry out to Nineveh, and in fact, he is not even crying out to his God here. Even though his life is in danger, and he has endangered the life of the sailors and the captain and everybody on board as well. Now, now really, it sort of raises the question that the, the captain wants to know, what kind of a man is, you know, falls asleep during the storm? How could you even sleep? You know, what kind of a man doesn't care whether he's going to live or die? What, what, what kind of a man doesn't cry out, pray to his God in the face of imminent death? All right? Uh, of course, we know something the captain does not. Uh, you know, the captain believes that maybe if Jonah prays that, uh, you know, God will pay attention and that uh, God will, will rescue Jonah's life and the, and the life of everybody on board. But we know as the reader that Jonah's disobeying God. And the reason they're all about to die is because of this storm that God hurled upon the sea. You know, God sent this storm and in this situation, praying to him isn't going to help. What does God want? <laughs> he wants obedience. Okay, not prayer. And we talked about that last week. Uh, sometimes we Christians, even though God wants us to do something, we feel it's enough to just go pray about it. So in this situation, God uh, doesn't want prayer. He wants obedience. But, but even then, does Jonah pray? Well, it, the text doesn't say he, uh, that he does. Uh, it appears that he does not pray. He, you know, he's not going to obey. He's not going to pray either. So um, although the captain wakes Jonah up, 
please, please cry out to your, cry out to your God, pray. <laughs> Don't you care about your life and ours? Uh, the text says nothing about Jonah actually doing this. All right, and he's also not helping the sailors throw the cargo overboard. He just doesn't care. Anyway, uh, so verse 7 then takes us back to what the sailors are doing. They have prayed. Uh, that hasn't changed anything. And they have lost. They've tossed their cargo overboard. But uh, that doesn't seem to be enough either because the storm is getting worse. It's threatening to take their lives. So the men, the sailors, do one last thing. We read here in verse 7. They decide to try to figure out who is at fault. All right, what they're going to try to do is sort of find a scapegoat here. And by the way, I've got a new book coming out, like two to three weeks out, probably two weeks, three weeks, you know, the end of March, uh, first part of April. Uh, and I'm talking about scapegoating in this. It's a huge theme all over the place in scripture, all over the place in life. And it's sort of what the sailors have decided to do here. They need to find someone to blame, just like we humans always do. And so in this case, the sailors cast lots to figure out who is to blame. You want to learn more about this, definitely get my book. There's going to be a course that goes along with it. Again, you got to be a a part of my discipleship group to take that course, but uh, the book will be available on Amazon. So the sailors here, though, they they cast lots to learn why the storm has come upon them. And and some people do this today, but it was really more of a a common practice, this casting lots back in the ancient Near East. Uh, We see it in various places in Scripture. Uh, the word lot, though, is, uh, the Hebrew word is, is a gerolot, okay? Uh, it can mean a variety of things, like what did this look like? And uh, usually that it would involve something like casting, tossing bones in a bowl or on a table. Uh, maybe they would use some sort of special stones, colored stones or something. Uh, sometimes uh, they would use arrows or dice or pieces of wood or who knows what. And... Um, you know, maybe people, sometimes they would uh, put these in a bag and then they would draw one out. That's probably what's going on here. Uh, it was often thought that, uh, you know, they would do these things. And then, remember Proverbs 16.33 says that uh, the, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So people believed that what happened here is you would sort of make some sort of prayer or blessing over whatever you're going to cast a lot with. And then God himself would pull up the correct stone, pull up the correct um marker of some sort, okay? And, and that's probably similar to what's going on here. They, they Probably everybody puts their mark on a piece of wood or a piece of stone, tosses it in a bag or something, and then someone draws it out. And they believe that the, the gods picked the right one that way. Okay, so that's what's going on here. Anyway, um, the sailors also refer to the storm as evil. All right, uh, there in uh, verse, verse 7, this evil storm... Um, and I don't know if you remember, but I did tell you that evil, the concept of evil is a prominent theme in the book of Jonah. And I want you to, I'm going to make notice of it as we go along. Here we have the evil perspective. I'm sorry, the human perspective that the storm is evil. And why is the storm evil? Because it is threatening to take their life. Um, just notice this as we go along. I'm pointing it out here. I'm not going to say much about it. But uh, evil becomes a major, major theme later in the story, and so I just want you to notice it as we go. Okay? It was first mentioned in 1-2 when God said that the evil of the Ninevites had come up before him. Okay? And now here, the sailors describe the storm as being evil because it is threatening to take their life. 
So anyway, uh, the sailors cast their lots and the lot falls upon Jonah. So, so he is correctly singled out as the one responsible for this great storm, this, uh, this evil that has come upon them. By the way, in my book, I talk about the casting of lots when Achan is selected as being the reason for why the Israelite people failed to defeat the city of Ai after they were victorious over Jericho. Remember that whole incident in the book of, um, of Joshua? Anyway, I talk about that and what's really going on there. It's really, really interesting. You'll have to, I'll talk about more in my book. Uh, the book is called um, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, by the way. It should be out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, so anyway, here they cast lots. Lot falls upon Jonah. He truly is guilty. Right? He, he really is the one selected here. And so in verse 8, they begin to question him. What's going on here? All right, they want to know the reason that this evil, here's this mention of evil again. Well, what evil? The storm. What the evil has come upon them. And uh, so they're going to ask him these questions. And, and we look at these questions and we think, well, these are just normal questions. But you have to understand, all of these questions are theological in nature. People back then believed that everything is spiritual. And in fact, everything is spiritual. It's we modern people who tend to have the improper perspective on things. Everything is connected. Um, we, we humans today, we modern people have this sort of dualistic idea. There's the material world and the spiritual world, and the two are separated. And that is an improper view. The biblical view, the correct view, is the view that the sailors represent here, that everything is connected. Everything is spiritual. Everything is theological in nature. That's why we must learn and study theology, because it gives us a proper perspective on life and everything else that's going on as well. Uh, Jonah had the same worldview, by the way, and the sailors have it here. So as, as we go through these questions one by one, I'll just try to bring out, point out to you how they are theological in nature, okay? How they are spiritual in nature. So this first question is, what is your business? Okay, uh, so, so there's sort of two things here they could be meaning. One is uh, they want to know what his job is, right? What his occupation was, and why is that important? Well, at that time, jobs... Uh, businesses were always, 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 always connected with some sort of deity, right? They had these guilds, these these craftsmen guilds, the stoneworkers guild and the woodcutters guild and the, right, uh, all of those sorts of things. And part of the practice of these guilds were to make sacrifices and uh, pay tribute to the particular deity or god that guided that particular craft, so um, the, the, the sailors here, in asking, what is your job? What they're really asking is, what God maybe had Jonah offended? They want to know which God he's worshiping, that sort of a thing. Uh, there, and also, there were certain occupations that were more honorable, right? Uh, some, some were viewed as shameful, like uh, tent making or, or even uh, sheep tending. Okay, we see glimpses of that various places in the Bible. Those were less honorable jobs, occupations, and others, you know, such as certain types of craftsmanship, silverworking, metalworking, those sorts of things, um, boat making, were, were more honorable. Uh, and again, though, they all had their gods. And so if they could figure out what Jonah's job was, what his occupation was, what his business was, then they would be able to figure out, narrow it down on which god maybe Jonah was offending. Okay? And if he was of a less honorable position, then they would, you know, know who to make sacrifices to, to try to appease and please. Okay, so um, 
So that, that one, that's one way to understand this question. The other way is maybe they're asking, what's your business on this ship, right? Why are you on our ship? What's your business here? Uh, so it's not really an occupation perspective now, but they want to know why Jonah picked their ship. Why is he on this ship? And, and in this case, they want to know why he's fleeing from Israel. Why he, where, where is he coming from? Where is he going? Okay, we sort of see that question next uh, that they ask. But again, back then, it was considered very dishonorable to leave your where you were born, to leave your family, to leave your friends, to leave your place of, of living. Okay, it was dishonorable. So, that, so they want to know what he is running away from. Why are you leaving? What have you done that is causing you to flee your hometown, your home country? your home God, your home people. Okay, so, so that's sort of uh, what's in mind there. And then that, that's this, this, this next question they ask as well, we see here, you know, where do you come from? Uh, and again, if they could find this out from Jonah, then it will tell them about the God that he worships. Remember, I told you in a previous podcast episode, gods were typical, typically believed to be tied to a, 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 a specific geographical region. So if they can figure out where Jonah is from, where he's come from, then they can figure out which god or gods he has he worships there, and therefore maybe which god or gods he has offended, right? And that would explain the storm. So that's why they ask this. Similar, this next question, what is your nationality, right? Uh, who are your people? Again, why are these questions important? Because they are connected with the storm and with the apparent guilt of Jonah. If they can figure out who Jonah is, where he's from, who his people are, then they can figure out which God has sent the storm and maybe then figure out how Jonah offended this God. And more importantly, most importantly, how this God can be appeased, how his wrath can, how how they can bring peace and please this God so that their lives will hopefully be spared. Okay, so, so, so those are the questions that the sailors have asked. They're, they're trying to learn which God Jonah has offended. And they believe that if they can learn the identity of this God, then they will better know how to appease this God so that they might live. Do you remember what, very early on in our study, I said the book of Jonah is there's lots of questions in the book of Jonah. And among the first questions, the, the most important questions is this. What is God like? Okay. Those, that is the basic question here behind the questions of the sailors. They're trying to figure out what God Jonah worships and, more importantly, what this God is like. Right? Apparently, from, the, Jonah, from uh, the sailor's perspective, whoever this God is, he is a very powerful God. He's a God who sends storms. He's a God who tries to kill people who, who disobey him. Um, he, he apparently is a God who, who seeks revenge upon his children when they disobey. And so the sailors want to know, well, okay, can this God be appeased? Do, do, what, what do we need to give him to make him calm down? Okay. Now, if someone were to come along to you and ask you those questions, what is your God like? What does he do? How does he treat sinners and people who disobey him? How would you respond? What are your answers? What would you point them to? What would you say? Is he a God who forgives? Is he a God who punishes? Maybe your answer to both of those is yes. 
Is he an angry God or a loving God? What what would your answers be? Well, we're going to see how Jonah answers in verses 9 through 11 when we look at those verses next week. And you can go look at those and read them for yourself if you want. But I just want you to know for now that Jonah's answers are quite shocking, surprising, uh, even disappointing. I'll tell you right now, Jonah gives the sailors some very, very, very bad answers. Very bad answers. He basically, in telling them what God is like, he basically slaps God in the face again, to be honest. Uh, It's really quite shocking. Um, And there's reasons why Jonah gives them these answers. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew that he was giving them wrong answers. And that just shows something else about Jonah's heart. Jonah's heart condition. And, but really, though, it makes us wonder how we present our God to the world. And that's what I really want to invite you to think about this coming week. When you go about your day, when you go about following Jesus, when you go about your work, your job, interact with your family, interact with your neighbors, your coworkers, when you study scripture, when you pray, when you eat, when you work, how What view of God are you presenting to people as they watch you and listen to you? And when people ask questions, what kind of answers are you giving to them? Well, that's what we're going to see a little bit more of next week as we study verses 9 to 11. Make sure you join us. We're going to see something very surprising, some challenging our uh, our ideas to our beliefs and practices. You know, as long as we're talking about challenging our beliefs and practices, uh, you really do need to take my two online courses. One's about the church, one's about the gospel. And when you take those uh, online courses, your beliefs and practices about the church and about the gospel will be challenged. And especially if you like this podcast, let me just reiterate, you'll like taking those courses as well. They're audio-based, audio downloads, which you can download and listen to just like you listen to this podcast. And if you like reading, there's that too. You can download the manuscripts for each each, uh, lesson. Uh, There's courses, I'm sorry, there's quizzes and some tests and things as well. You even get a a completion certificate at the end. Um, And uh, the Skeleton Church course even has a book which you can download at the end. Free copy of my book, Skeleton Church. Anyway, you can learn more about this at redeeminggod.com slash join. The only way to take the courses is by joining my online discipleship group. Okay, And uh, all, all the details are found at redeeminggod.com slash join. Just to give you a heads up, only the hope or love discipleship groups are able to take all the courses for free. But uh, if you take the, the faith level, then uh, you can take one of the courses for free and some of the lessons from the others. Anyway, hope to see you there. And I hope to see you next week when we see how Jonah responds to the questions of the sailors. See you then.